When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome everybody to our Post-Gazette Instant Recap live stream show. I'm your host, sports editor here, Chris Dell from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined with Steelers and sports columnists at the Post-Gazette, Mr. Paul Zeiss. This show is brought to you by Sabinas, Kane, and Gallucci, Mesophilia, and Asbestos Lawyers, over 85 years of experience. Call now for a free consultation. Now, Mr. Zeiss, I'm going to let you take the lead. All I can say is what a game it was. Uh, what are your overall instant reactions, takeaways from this win by the Steelers in week one? Well, it was a win. I'll say that. It was absolutely a win. Um, other than that, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, this this was – I don't know if this was as much the Steelers winning or the Ravens losing. Um, but, honestly, I don't know that I've seen a dumber football team than the Ravens. I don't know that I've seen a team play a stupid or a, a more stupid football game than the Ravens did, but hey, the Steelers hung in it and hung in it and hung in it. You know what? And 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 the bottom line is if you hang in it long enough and you just keep grinding away and you keep, you know, getting, you know, fortunate breaks and things of the such, you make a big play at the end and you win. That's really what it comes down to. Uh the Steelers to me, I, this doesn't change anything about the way I feel about the Steelers. Or the Ravens, for that matter. I know at the beginning of the year, we all talked about how the AFC North was loaded. The AFC North is terrible. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> and that's why the Steelers are able to hang in at 3-2 and two and be in first place. So, um, I, I honestly, I, I know that uh, we're going to get into a lot of different things. But uh, after watching that game and watching, I watched the Ravens against the Colts a couple of weeks ago. If I were the owner of the Ravens, I would fire John Harbaugh tomorrow. I would fire him. <laughs> tomorrow and then i would fire whoever the general manager is that caved and gave lamar jackson 250 million dollars um I, i'm just going to tell you that much right now I, I i just i don't get it i don't understand it every ravens game i watch is the same um you know they they seemingly have talent they seemingly dominate the first three quarters of these games and but yet they make so many stupid self-inflicted mistakes at the end of the game they lead teams around and you know what the Steelers took advantage of it. So uh, that's a good thing for the Steelers. They're three and two. They're going into the bye week. But if there's anybody in the Steelers organization or around the Steelers organization that feels better about this team than they did four hours ago, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to help you. Um, the offense was horrific again today. They made one play basically the entire game. And, um, you know, it is what it is. They won the game. They deserve to win it because the, the Ravens deserve to lose it. But um, I, I just I just can't get all that excited. I know some people are getting really excited about it. I can see already on social media. I just can't get all that excited about it because to me, uh, it was you know it, it, it was just another game where the Steelers were less bad than their opponent. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a tale of two teams, right? Because it seems like the defense has won at least two, if not all three of the games that the Steelers have won so far, right? You mentioned the big play against Cleveland with George Pickens scoring a long touchdown. It felt like it was just like week two again. I mean, just those two big plays have been enough. And then it makes you think of, hey, you know, maybe there was a reason why the Steelers defense didn't show up against Houston. They just might have been gassed because it seems like everything's put on their shoulders from week to week. So what are your thoughts on the way the defense bounced back from week four against Houston to this week uh, here today? Well, I mean, my thing is if, if the Ravens receivers could catch, you know, we're not even talking about the D. We're talking about the defense being as bad as the offense. But, again, as the, as the game rolls on and rolls on and rolls on, you let the defense hang around, yeah, Watt and Highsmith are eventually going to make some plays. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, they should have been up. Uh, uh, they, they dropped the touchdown pass, so they should have been up 14 to 10, uh, nothing instead of 10 to nothing. At the end of the half, I don't even know what John Harbaugh is doing there. It makes absolutely no sense to me at all. But they should have kicked an extra, you know, kicked the, kicked the, uh, the, the that field goal with about 15 seconds left. That makes it 17 to three. And then guess what? In the second half, early in the, in, you know, what, about midway through or late in the third period, third quarter, I mean, you've got a guy running wide open and you hit him in the hands. It should be an easy touchdown. It should be 24 to three at that point. And now nobody cares if the defense, you know, whatever happens with the defense. Nobody cares about it because at the end of the day, you know what? The game is over. But the, but the Ravens didn't make the plays they needed to make. And as, they, and, and as the game wore on, I kept saying, this is like every single Ravens game I've watched over the last five or six years. They keep these other teams around and keep them in games and keep them in games. They miss plays. They go for it on fourth down at the most inexplicable times. And so, to me, the defense really played well. And, you know, down the stretch in the last fourth quarter, they tightened up and this and that and other thing. But it shouldn't have even come to that. The Ravens had the game won if they just make a few plays, a few, a few simple plays. Uh, so, again, I can't get all that excited about this win. Uh, just because I kind of just thought this is sort of how it might go. It was going to be an ugly, god-awful game. The Steelers would score one, maybe one touchdown, you know what I mean, get a couple of field goals and slot together some ugly win because the Ravens just keep shooting themselves in the foot on offense. But um, I, I think the defense played well in the in the fourth quarter. They made some big plays. But, you know, like the, like the interception by Joey Porter, everyone's going to go get all excited about that, right? That was a horrific pass by Lamar Jackson, your $250 million quarterback. That throw has to be back shoulder. Either my guy catches it or it's out of the end zone. Instead of throwing it short, right? Throwing it short where the only place you can throw it where the defense can catch it. That's another example, right? If they, they kick a field goal there, maybe it's different. But all I'm saying is I can point to a million plays that the Ravens made uh, that made this game a lot easier for the Steelers. And, and, and so, um, yes, the defense, they did well in the fourth quarter. But, mo but good Lord. I can't believe how bad the Ravens are in terms of decision-making and how sloppy they are at the football. What, what did you think about Kenny Pickett coming in? Because, I mean, a week ago we thought his season might have been over. All the reports out of practice that he was doing good. I, I thought he'd be a little limited in terms of his mobility. He looked pretty mobile out there today. What were your overall thoughts on him and it, just his movement and health? Yeah, I mean, he moved well. You know, I mean, unfortunately he's becoming the guy who is sort of the gritty, you know, gritty, tough you know, keep us in the game and I'll slop together one drive at the end. And that's what he's become, you know? 
Um, I, I, I think that really when you look at the, the offense, I, the, the offense was horrible today. They made, you know, one or two plays, and that's about it. But it was enough because the Ravens offense made so many mistakes. It, it was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I think Kenny Pickett, he looked okay to me. He's the, he just he's got to get better. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. He's got to get better. You wrote you wrote quite a bit about that. The negative attention and criticism has gone a little too far on the Matt Canada side. It seems like now Canada and Tomlin are going to get a couple weeks off, right? Because you're coming off a win into a bye week. They're not going to play for another two weeks. Uh, you know, who, who do you think at this point in terms of the MVP from this game to help them get the winner just through the season so far? Uh, you know, who, who's your who's your MVP biggest takeaway from this game? In this game or this season? I would say in this game and for the season, it seems like Watt kind of never goes away to me. In the season, it's Watt. But in this yeah. game, I think the MVP is the, the Ravens receivers. <laughs> they were just horrible. I mean, they, they you can't you can't be NFL receivers and drop the passes they drop. You just can't. I mean, it's ridiculous to me. Um, and so that is what it is. Um, from the end, at the end of the day, you know, the Steelers' best player today was probably uh, I don't know Jalen Warren. Maybe I think he, I thought he ran hard and did some really good things. Obviously, Watt did a few good things. I thought a couple of their inside linebackers showed up and made a couple of plays here and there. But at the end of the day, I just keep looking at this game and saying to myself, the Ravens may be the dumbest football team I've ever seen. Is is this win a bad thing for Steelers fans, Paul? Because it's going to take the monkey out the back or what? No, I don't think so. I mean, it should be, you know, they'll be happy for two weeks, and that's great. Um, yeah. You know, listen, this is what the Steelers have become, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, sloppy game, you know, keeping it, you know, getting, you know, living on the brink of, of disaster, finding a way to make a big play here and there, and, you know, slopping it together to win, and, and now you're three and two, and, I'm assuming they're going to win other games like that and be nine and eight and ten and but this is not a team that's really going to win in the playoffs, not playing like this, not with the way that they play and 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 in the playoffs you're not going to get all the gifts that you got today from the Ravens. So to me, I mean at the end of the day, I look at this division and if the Bengals win, who do they play today? They play somebody. Uh, Arizona. Okay, if they if they win in Arizona, as bad as the Bengals have been, they're one game out of first. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? As yeah. bad as they've been, they're one game out of first. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I just shake my head at this division, but I also shake my head at, 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 at people who are uh, um, going to completely overrate what just happened here. Yeah. Got to give credit to George Pickens, I think. I, I write a weekly. Oh, paper. I forgot about him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about him. He had a I'll, great I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll capitulate, say I was wrong. I was down on him in fantasy. I write the weekly fantasy favorites column for the Post Gazette. I was down on Najee and Pickens. Najee was the right call, but Pickens just the talent continues to show up no matter how bad the situation is, it seems. And at the very least, at least they're feeding the tar uh, feeding their targets to the guys with talent on the offensive side. I'm happy to see him come away with a team-high 10 targets in this game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the big thing. You want to get him the ball. You want to throw him the ball and get it to, the, get it to him and give him a chance to, to make plays because he obviously is going to make big plays. Um, and I thought that was evident today. You know, to me, they 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 decided that they were gonna if they're gonna throw it, they're gonna throw it to their best player. So you know, I I, I don't think that they they did a ton of things right in this game, but they got the ball to Pickens at at, at big times, 
and they, you know, uh, were able to basically just sort of hang in there by making, you know, pretty good play, pretty big plays with their defense. Um, I, but like for, I'll give you another example was they throw a little screen pass, the Ravens, the guys running through all that traffic with the ball, like a loaf of bread. And then, you know, the Steelers comes from behind and knocks it out. I mean, if he's holding that with two hands, like he's supposed to, right. There's another scoring opportunity that, you know, the Ravens are probably at the 45. And if at that point, you're only five or six yards away from, you know, field goal range. So they just made mistake after mistake, after mistake, after mistake, after mistake in this game. And you know what? Eventually, if you do that against anybody, you're going to allow them to hang around and they're going to come back and beat you. Yeah. I said comment in here that uh, they showed a clip of Canada after they scored that game winning touchdown pass to Pickens and he had no emotion. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't cheering. One of the commenters here said that that play call wasn't even designed to go to Pickens. So Pickett must have went rogue on that play. I'm interested to see what we what, what kind of quotes we get out of him based on that play after this game. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, but, you know, in a play like that, when he drops back, uh, you know, there was an all-out blitz or whatever. I mean, it was pretty much at that point, you're just trying to, you know, scan the field and find somebody quick and get the ball out to. So I don't necessarily know that, uh, that, that you know, he changed the play or whatever. I, I mean, I think probably what he did was, Drop back. The Bravens were coming after him. He looked up and saw 14 running down there one on one and said, I'm going to make a, 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 I'm just going to throw it up there and see if he can make a play, uh, which he did. And that's just it. You know, he made a big play. You, you ever think we're going to see Jalen Warren? It seemed like he was making pop play after pop play in this game 12 total touches for 79 yards. Uh, Najee Harris, 14 total touches for less than half of that, just 37 yards overall for Najee. I mean, Najee's not even existent in the passing game anymore. you got to figure that Jalen Warren outside of George Pickens is really the only offensive player with juice on this team right now. I'd personally be surprised to not see him more involved after the bye. What are your overall thoughts from the running back performance today and how you see that shaping out? They've made it pretty clear. They've made it pretty clear that Lamar is there, that uh... – that uh, Najee is their guy. They made yeah. that pretty clear. So, you know, I don't know what that means. I think maybe they'll give him a few more touches or something, maybe Jalen Warren, but I fully expect that Najee Harris will be the starting running back and he'll get, you know, uh, at least early in games, the lion's share of the carries because that's what they want to do. That's what they're looking to do. Right. Yeah. What, what do you think are the Steelers' biggest, take, not takeaways, but what's, their, what's the key for them going into the bye uh, they play against the Rams coming out in two weeks here in week seven. After that, they've got three straight home games against the Jaguars, Titans, and the Packers. I mean, based off what we've seen from those teams, I mean, those are winnable games at this point. Steelers could find themselves a couple games over 500 after that stretch. Very surprising given what the sentiment was coming out of that blowout loss to Houston. If this team can do anything better coming out of the bye what would be your top one or two keys for them to work on coming out for that week seven battle against LA in your opinion, Paul? The offense has to get better, much better, much, much better. The quarterback has to get better. The offensive line has to get better. They have to get much, much better. Um, and at the end of the day, they just, they just, uh, they just aren't good. I mean, they're, they're not good enough. They're not going to get a gift. Like, I mean, the difference between this game in Houston, you know, the difference between this game in Houston, Houston basically went down the field and scored. Houston scored and took a big lead. And yeah. that took all of this other nonsense out of the table, off the table. 
San Francisco came right out and just kicked their ass from the start. On the, and, and at the end of the day, guess what? That's what's going to happen in playoff games. You aren't going to get the benefit of a team like the Ravens slopping around, dropping all kinds of passes, you know, fumbling the ball, uh, throwing idiotic interceptions, passing on field goals they should take at the end of the half. You're not going to get that benefit. Uh, yeah. if, if, if John Harbaugh had a little bit of a brain, and if the if the Ravens receivers could catch, this game's twenty seven to three or twenty four to three, and we're not even talking about the offense. You know, we're not even talking about we're not talking about a safety because they're probably not punting that in that situation back there. They're probably the entire game is completely different how it plays out. But to me, it's just one of these things where I just I think the offense needs to get better. And I don't know that it were, you know, it's a work in progress. We're now talking about what, 18, 19 games with Kenny Pickett? Uh, at some point, the work in progress has to become an actual work, or else maybe it's just going to be not very good. Is, is it just the mental decision making, you think, or anything specifically you're seeing out of him compared to that stretch we saw at the end of last year? Because it seems like people were getting excited after that run. And he looked fantastic in the preseason, but it, this has been far from the preseason, obviously, through five games. Well, I mean, I think that he's missing a lot of throws. I think that he holds the ball a little too much. I, I don't think he's got a great feel for the pocket. You know, I think those are three places he could start. Um, and, and today I thought it was no different, really. I mean, the touchdown to Pickens, he basically just threw it up in the air and said to, you know, said to his best player, go make a play. Um, you take, you know, they take that out of the equation. I don't know that he did a whole lot. You know, he made a couple of throws here and there, but I just feel like he's got to get more consistent at what he does. More consistent at catching the, or throwing the ball, more consistent at moving the ball, you know, more consistent at everything that he does. The Steelers are now uh, officially one of the, one of only two teams in the league with a winning record that also have a negative point differential. They're minus 31 now through five games, the only other team with a negative point differential as a winning record is the Atlanta Falcons, who maybe some similarities there with struggling quarterback play and a struggling offense, but the defense keeps showing up in some form or fashion week to week. And like you said, this division, people thought it might be the best in the league coming into this year. And I agree with you hundred percent. It has not looked good for any of the four teams in this division through, you know, through uh, four or five weeks already a season. Obviously the Bengals haven't played yet either uh anything else to uh, stand out to you paul you get a chance to look at around the league from some of the other games i mean patriots were, were, were ran roughshod over against the Saints. what else stood out to you from week five so far through the early games well i'll tell you it's tough uh, it's tough for me because i'm in the press box you know i'm watching the steelers so i don't get a chance really to see much of what's going on other than i did hear that the saints destroyed the patriots um, the, it's got to be the end of the Bill Belichick era. That's got to be it. This is uh, this has got to be it. I mean, that team is horrific. Mac Jones is not good enough. The defense isn't very good. Uh, and as I wrote a few year, a weeks ago, the biggest problem with the Patriots is not Bill Belichick, the coach. It's Bill Belichick, the general manager, because over the last two or three years, he's really let them down. His, his draft picks have been all over the all over the place. He's made really bad decisions. He's picked, you know, taken reaches on guys he shouldn't have taken. Some of his free agent signings have been terrible. Mac Jones is clearly not good enough. To me, if I'm Robert Kraft, I fire Bill Belichick at the end of this year. And I say, it's time to move on. It's time to do something different. It's time to try and rebuild in a different way. Um, and, you know, I know the guy won six Super Bowls and all the other stuff. 
listen, there is a time, there's a point where you say it's time. Mm-hmm. And I think that team, you know, they got boat race last week. They got destroyed this week. It, it looks like Mac Jones threw another pick six. I think that's what happened in the first, in the first quarter, yeah. you know, the guy is not good enough. They don't have any other off. And really, who else did they? What's their other quarter? I don't even know they're back. Oh, it's uh, is it uh, the guy that's like 90 years old that used to be here? He was here for, uh, 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 he was in Cleveland for a little bit, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? It's about Brian Hoyer. What Hoyer? So, right? uh, he, he's a, he's in Las Vegas now, believe it or not. He's oh, the third okay. string in Las Vegas. He's still, I, I thought he was still bouncing around up there. Who is their backup? Do you know who their that, backup? Well, obviously Bailey's happy, but he's done nothing. Then they have uh, Will Greer, who's never really gotten oh. a shot. Malik Cunningham oh. off the practice squad. I don't think he's ready yet. So it, it's rough because they don't have any other options. No, I'm just telling you, I think it's 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 really scary to me how bad that team is. Um, and I looked at their schedule and thought they could literally start the season one and eight. I mean, if you look at their if you look at their uh, schedule and you looked at it before the season. I thought they could literally start like one and eight. So that, that's one thing. The Saints probably are a little better than we thought they were, right? The Falcons are probably a little better than we thought that thought they were. And so uh, the other thing is, I'll tell you the other thing. It was, I think, a huge advantage, a huge advantage for Jacksonville to be able to stay in London for a week. Big win. And you yeah. saw that early in the game. I mean, it took forever for the Bills to get started. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really did. And then I'm not making excuses for the bills, but I think that's an absolutely ridiculous situation where you allow one team to stay in London for an entire week. Another team's got to fly over there and, and try and get caught up to, you know, the time change and all that other stuff, you know, and, and do it. And, you know, it, it, but by the same token, you know, the one thing I'll say about, about Jacksonville, they're another team with one of these what I call boy genius coaches. Even though Doug Peterson's a little older, he's a boy genius guy too. I mean, the number of times when when the decision making and the play calling that I just look at it and I'm like, that you're making this game way too hard. You're making it way too hard. You're thinking way too much and you're trying too hard to show us how smart you are. Those are the guys that drive me insane. And John Harbaugh is is is, is the poster child for that. But there's a number of them, right? You know. My man with the Chargers is another one that drive me insane watching their teams play. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see that there's now seven teams with a winning record in the AFC. And if the playoffs started today, you know, the sky was falling after week four. The Steelers would have the third overall seed in the AFC playoffs right now if the playoffs started. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. It just shows you the overreaction sometimes from fans. And, and as you said, people unfairly criticizing at times. What was it, the uh, the Matt Canada derangement syndrome that was going around the league this last week? And it just goes to show that they still got it done and won a game in which they were big underdogs in. Well, Mike Tomlin generally wins when he's an underdog. I mean, he's 43 and 40 as an underdog. He's 52 and 18 and one or something like that, covering the spread as an underdog. So, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't shock me. It's just too early in the season, really, to get too excited one way or the other about about a whole lot of area. I mean, after week one, people were talking about how the Chiefs were done, you know, because they lost, to, you know, in that Thursday night game. And I said, if their receivers could catch the ball, which they will this year, the Chiefs would have destroyed the Lions that night. Nobody were talking about it. And I think 
if I'm not mistaken, aren't they four and one now, basically, or whatever they are, three and one, or you know, whatever. Three and one now, yeah. They, they're yeah. playing now against the Vikings, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's that's where I always say. But I watch the games and watch how they play out, and that's when I make decisions on who is good and who isn't good. And in this game today was more of what we've seen from the Steelers and really the Ravens the last five or six years. You know, hang on for dear life, hang around, hang around, make a couple of big plays late, win. Well, that's great, but that doesn't win you. That doesn't win in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's why the Ravens have always struggled because Lamar does his damage with piling up regular season stats with his rushing, the, you know, the fantasy numbers, everything like that. But that doesn't win games in the playoffs, and that's why they always stall. I mean, just look at today. You think that Pickett didn't have a great game, but he had a better YPA than Lamar Jackson did, 7.0 to 6.2. Had a better pass rating overall, 88.5. Not great, but Lamar Jackson had a 65, 65.2 pass rating in this game. So, you know, even though people consider the, the Ravens to have a vaunted defense coming into this game, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily like a grinded out defensive game. Like you said, it was more or less offenses uh, failing and making mistakes left and right yeah. time, time again, that kind of gifted the defense's opportunities in this game. So it seems like when those things happen, the Steelers always find a way to win. And at least the defense can take advantage of those things like they did today. Yeah, the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens really made one play. They uh, on defense when it was actually special teams when they stripped Gunnar Oshevsky of the ball, but they didn't make any really big plays. They had a sack, but for the most part, they they just stayed kept the Steelers in front of them and played well and played sound and you know played like a really good defense is supposed to play. But the offense kept giving the ball back to the Steelers. Eventually, the Steelers are going to make a few plays. I mean, if you think about it, the Steelers scored, but this is the thing. The Steelers scored, 12, uh, what, 17 points? Really, if you think about it, three were at the end there where they picked the fumble up, right? And they were right. in field goal range, and they actually lost five yards. The drive actually lost six yards, but that's a, a scoring drive. So that's three points. Then the two points from the the the, the, uh, the uh, blocked, uh, blocked punt. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Gunnar Olszewski ran the one, you know, the free kick back to about the 45 or 50 yard line. So they only needed about 20 yards to get three more points. So, I mean, that, you know, if you think about it, that's three, that's, that's eight, which means really, <laughs> in some ways, the offense was responsible for uh, nine points in this game. That's, yeah. that's what I focus on, okay, yeah. uh, is that your offense actually came up with nine points. That was enough to win. But, I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So they, they have a long way to go on that side of the ball. And this just see, it seemed like a clone replica game of week two when they did the same thing on Monday Night Football against the Browns. I mean, right. yeah, it just, right. yeah, so many so players. If the Browns had a little bit of brains in that game, <clears throat> they would have won the game. When you look how bad the Bengals are right now and Joe Burrow seeming like he's far away from being healthy, I mean, that could be two more wins for the Steelers down the stretch. So I don't think that this is going to stop anytime soon. They're, they're going to keep racking up these wins in easy games where the coaching on the other side isn't as good. I agree with you. I had a question for you, Paul, what you see out of the tight end battle. We'll wrap things up here in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, obviously no Friar in this game, no Deontay Johnson. So two of the team's top three pass catchers, you know, weren't in this game. So give credit to Pickens for still making plays and pick it here and there for finding the right play at the right time. But uh, I thought Darnell Washington might get a bit more run. It seems like maybe he's a little far off and more of a development project. 
Uh, Connor Hayward led the tight end room with four targets. Washington had two targets, but no catches. Uh, what'd you see out of that? And, and Calvin Austin made some big plays, but he only came away with one target and no catches in this game as well. What'd you get out of those guys there? Well, I mean, didn't Calvin Austin get hurt? I think he got hurt. I think he got knocked out of the game a little bit. So, I mean, uh, Darnell Washington is, is a work in progress, obviously. He's a project kind of player. Connor Hayward's a really good football player. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's a really good football player. That dude's a good football player. And he's become uh, somewhat of a safety valve kind of player for, for Kenny Pickett. Um, as I've been saying for six months, you know, the Steelers didn't do enough to address their receiving room. And it's very clear, you know, that's that's they've got Pickens. And, and now that Johnson's out, who's, who's next? Yeah. Boykin was in there, I thought. I think maybe even Boykin was in there, right? Allen Robinson is, is just yeah. a guy, you know, I mean. Yeah. To me, uh, you know, they need to go out and get another receiver. But I, I, I think that, you know, Fryermuth, um, if he's healthy, he gives them another really legitimately good weapon. But I, I feel like this Darnell Washington, they need to really start to work with him and get him to a point where he can become a, at his size and his speed and everything else that he can become a factor. Right. Yeah, he's got to gotta have somebody in there to make those explosive. I mean – Allen Robinson, you wouldn't think of it, but he had nine targets in this game. He only had one less target than George Pickens on the day overall. And they combined both of those two receivers for 19 of 31 picket targets overall. Uh, but Allen, you know, George Pickens on 10 targets, 130 yards, eight six catches. Allen Robinson just 29 yards on nine targets. So I, I consider thinking you want to get a better slot receiver type of safety valve in there as well. Because when Allen Robinson's catching a pass, He's falling down. He's tripping. He's not really doing much yards after the catch for you guys there. But I agree with you 100%. I would be surprised a little bit to see this team during the bye week to not try to bring in at least one other guy, right? Because if Deontay, Deontay's been banging quite a bit these last couple seasons, it's hard to see him stay healthy for stretches, even though they, they really could use his talent on the field right now. No question about it. Um, they maybe go get it. They should go get another receiver if there's any out there that are available. I don't know who's even available, you know, at this point, but. To me, I, I look at it and just say that's something they absolutely need uh, is another receiver. Uh, but they get into the bye week three and two. They're in first place. You know, they have a chance now with two weeks off maybe to get a couple of guys healthy and go get the Rams, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Any, anything else you got, Paul? I know we got about a half hour here. getting ready to wrap things up. Uh, you, 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 I know you said a lot on, on the offense, said a lot on the defense, but – uh, what are you, what are your thoughts going into the buy here? And any any surprise things you look to see? Anything? Do you think anything's going to change coming out of the bye week, either offensively or defensively? No, it's not going to change. And the reason it's not going to change is because they're three and two, and they're in first place. Right. You know, I said if you're a Steeler fan and you want changes, you got to root for the Ravens to win and win big, which they they could have if they weren't completely and you know just completely uh, uh, uh shooting themselves in the foot in the first half you know it could have been a game that got away from the Steelers quickly uh but the Ravens kept a minute and they kept a minute and they kept a minute and the longer they kept a minute eventually the Steelers are going to make a play or two it just gets just how it is this is no different than the Ravens game last year remember uh the Ravens kept missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and then you know what? Kenny Pickett hits a big throw down the middle, then hits the you know Najee Harris for a touchdown, and all of a sudden the Steelers win thirteen to ten or whatever it was. Same exact game, and now people are going to come away from it thinking, "Oh, this is the most wonderful thing that's ever happened." Kenny Pickett has arrived, and it's like, 
He hasn't done. I mean, he's got uh, so much further to go. And you know what? He eventually, I guess, if you give him the ball back 15 times because the other team keeps screwing up, eventually he's going to make a play. Um, so to me, I, I, I'm just, I don't get that excited about this. I know that there's people that probably, oh, well, you're a hater and all that other stuff. I don't believe that. I'm just telling you, that's, that's the way I think. Paul's keeping it real over here. I, one thing I actually did forget to ask you, last question here, uh, Joey Porter Jr., you mentioned the interception earlier. Maybe out of the bye, he starts becoming more of a full-time player, right? Because his, his snaps have been limited throughout these couple weeks. You see anything out of him or any any defensive changes or insights you glean from this game specifically? No, I mean, he should be starting. He should play more. But it doesn't seem like they want to do that. They keep coming up with all these reasons why they can't start him. He's better than Patrick Peterson is right now. So, to me, I'd take Peterson out of the game and make him your slot. He he can't. He's not good enough. Right. Uh, but like I said, I just sort of uh, watched this game today, and 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 kept saying to myself, "Why is Joey Porter not starting?" Well, he should be, and hopefully now he will be. Yeah. Well, it, be- better action from Porter than we got from Desmond King on his uh, on his first uh, snaps of the season, giving up the touchdown there to Justice Hill early in the game. So I'm I'm, I'm sure we're we're bound to see more talented snaps and plays from the rookie Porter. For sure. But uh, that'll do it, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in here to our Post-Gazette post-game Steelers live reaction show. Again, this show is brought to you by Sabinas, Kane, and Gallucci, Mesophilioma, and Espresso Slurs. Paul, uh, it was good doing this with you. I'm sure I'll catch you again here in a couple weeks. Adam Bittner will be on uh, with you uh, in in, uh, week seven, I believe. Uh, But until then, uh, enjoy the bye week, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. Sounds good, man. Okay. Take it easy. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.